Good morning, church. It's a privilege for me to present the gospel today, and it's an honor um, every time Pastor Daniel allows me to preach the sermon. I hope God will speak clear and loud to each one of our lives. Amen? So why don't you take your Bible uh, in first and go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. By the way, a week ago, Pastor Ethan did a great job. Great job. Uh, uh, I, the only concern I had was when he was, you know, talking about the deliverance of this guy in, inside of the synagogue. I was like, oh my goodness gracious, what are we going to do? We will have some kind of a situation like that today. So I was praying that God will help us to, to fix any kind of an issue. Well, the thing is, he did a great job. The Word of God was delivered, and I think we all understood what exactly God uh, was telling us of how we were delivered through Jesus Christ. First Peter chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Let's read the Word of God. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who recites, recite as aliens, scattered it throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and to be sprinkled with his blood. May grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. Let me start um, saying something special about what is happening in the middle of these circumstances? What is happening in this time when Peter was writing down this letter? Peter, he was, as we know, one of the apostles. Uh, I would say he was the head of all of this group of apostles because, as you know, he denied Jesus Christ, but later he became the head of this group, and he was preaching the Word of God. God did several miracles through uh, Peter, as Simon, as you know, he was changed. Jesus Christ changed his name according to John 1.42. As we know, Peter wrote this letter about 30, if not 40 years after Jesus Christ went back to heaven. The people who received this letter, they were the pilgrims of the dispersion. Peter clearly wrote this letter to those youths who were receiving Jesus Christ, and to those Gentiles who were escaping for, from the persecution of Nero. The pilgrims, the, the whole idea behind the pilgrims, it's someone who lives as a temporary resident in a foreign land, but their citizenship is in heaven. This was not written to anyone in one congregation, but Peter hath had intention in his heart to write this letter to all of the Christians who were dispersed among uh, Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Why this letter was written by Peter? Peter tried to encourage all of these Christians who were suffering uh, for being Christians. Christians will be suffering, but they will not be suffering forever. This world is not the real home for the real Christians. Heaven, it's 
or real home. With that in mind, let's go to the Lord. Father, please tell us what you want us to tell and let us understand what we need to understand by the Holy Spirit, by the Word. And I pray all of these things in Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me tell you something about Peter. Um, as you see in 1 Peter 1, Peter uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Peter was one of the followers, one of the disciples of Jesus Christ. He, he belonged to that specific number of 12 disciples. As you know, he was a fisherman. When I say that, I'm trying to tell you that he was not educated. I have a good sermon about that. Actually, if I, if I do have the chance next time to preach, I'm going to preach on that. How Jesus Christ picked up all of his disciples. When Peter was fishing, that meant that Peter was, was rejected by the religious Jewish system. And I'll tell you that in the next sermon. I hope Daniel will give me the chance to preach about that. So when Jesus Christ is walking through the shore of the lake and called Peter, Peter, come and follow me and be my disciple, with that, uh, he was um, picking up a, a non-educated man. As, as a man, he was in a stubborn, always speaking his mind, always speaking before he, was, he, will, he will put everything together in his mind. It, this is what we call a big mouth guy. And I know that all of those are in Mexico, right? <laughs> Simon was weak in his flesh. Inconsistency was his brand. He was the real perfect example of inconsistency. He would have a great success, and right after that, a great failure. He was unstable. Simon was anything but a rock. He was not dependable the way a Christian leader needs to be. Without God's spirit, he often spoke or acted in a way that he will be doing something inappropriate. How is that possible? Well, the amazing part or everything what I'm trying to point at is he was chosen. He was elected. He was uh, Picked up by Jesus Christ. Simon was not yet a rock of steady, steadfastness and godly character. But as a Peter, as a Peter, after uh, he had that encounter with Jesus Christ, after he fell through different times, he had a heart for the hurting and broken. He had a ministry to those who were undergoing times of suffering. He had a heart for one who had failed more than three different times. And you are seeing a guy like that right in front of you guys. How many different times Jesus Christ himself have come to me and picked me up I can tell you, amigos, it's, it's a lot of a different times when I know Jesus Christ, he really exists because he comes to me and lifts me up like he did with Peter. So, Peter, having all of this in the back of his mind, he wrote this letter to those who were hurting, broken, and hopelessness. As we see, if we go forward, 1 Peter 1, uh, uh, 
goes like this. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who resides as aliens. Can you repeat that word with me again? Aliens. Can you say it out loud with me? Aliens. That's exactly what, what, what you are, amigo. And the first time I heard about an alien was in 1979. I went to the movie theaters. I was a, a, a crazy movie theater uh, fan. I was always going to, to watch all of these movies from America. And guess what? That day I went to watch Alien. So that was in 1979. In 2007, we became U.S. legal residents. The immigration office gave me my green card, which all of the immigrants will need to work. So in that green card, the, 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 the letters you will read in the top head of this green card, it's alien number, you know, I have my number, A something number. So I told my wife, honey, I didn't know that we are like that monster, the alien. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like that, amigos. Because this is not my home. This is not our home. As a Christians, we are aliens in this world. We are not part of this world. And being an alien has its pain. Because the world will make you feel that you're not part of this world. In fact, the letter, the whole letter, it's about pain of being an alien in this world. Verse 6 but you are distressed by various trials. 2.11, lost wage war against your soul. 2.21, you have been called to suffer. In 3.16, they revile your God behavior. In 4.4, they maligned you for not ruining with them anymore. 4.14, you are reviled to, for the name of Christ. As in aliens, we should expect lots of suffering being in this world. If I don't remember correctly, Pastor Daniel, while he's preaching in Hebrews, he's telling us that. He's telling us, hey guys, we are not from this world. We should not expect to settle in this world because we should not be settling nothing with the world because what we have in heaven, it's better that we're going to have in this crazy world. We are not part of this world. And therefore, we will at times be misunderstood and hated. We must continually be looking toward our heavenly country. The writer of Hebrews says Abraham was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. 11, uh, Hebrews 11, 9. Paul calls Christians to set their mind or on things above and not below. Colossians 3, Two. Therefore, we should develop a mindset of looking toward our heavenly country, not backwards. I know several Christians in the world who are always referring of the things they lost. Oh, when I was not a Christian, I had a brand new car, I had a brand new home, and I had lots of jewel, jewelry and, and gold. And I tell you what. You cannot take all of those early things to heaven. We cannot. We should be different than those around us. For this is not our home. 
we are only here in a temporary basis. This includes such things as not storing up on this earth. Look what Christ said in Matthew 6, 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth, moth and rust destroys and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break and steal for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where is your heart at? Where is your treasure? Do you know that we move ourselves according to the values we have in our hearts? Whatever, see, whatever is in your heart, in your mind, that's exactly what you're going to be like tomorrow. And Christians, Christians, we are in this earth like we get a hotel room for the night. When you go to a hotel room, and if you like it, you may have a good idea of how you're going to redecorate your room. But most of the time when you get in a, hotel room, in a hotel room for the night, you don't spend a lot of money fixing that horrible picture or, or um, draw, right? You don't do that. Because you know it's not yours, right? You know you're going to spend the night and next following day you will not be there. That's exactly the whole idea of what Paul is telling us. Do not make this world your home. John Piper said our first and primary citizenship is in heaven, not in the United States. Our first and primary constitution is the Bible, not the U.S. Constitution. Our first and primary king and commander-in-chief is Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. I'm a, by nature, I was born in Mexico. So, yeah, that accent comes from Mexico. I'm sorry. But, by nature, my spiritual nature, my citizenship was, I'm sorry, I will not be moving too much because I think I'm getting in trouble to those guys. But my naturalization spiritual certificate was moved out of the world to heaven. How is that possible? Well, we're going to find out this in a little bit. Jesus has called us to live like in aliens. Our minds must be radically different. Our priorities must be radically different. Our goals must be radically different. Our hearts must be radically different. This, this is what I will tell you. It's a tragedy when, when an alien falls in love with the world. When a professing believer throws away his faith and hope in the future perfect world. Nothing is perfect until we get into heaven. I'm 55 years old. I am in the ache part of my life. Honey, I have an ache. I have, I have a pain right here. Now it's here. And then it goes right here. And it will not get any better. I'm waiting what 1 Corinthians says. When we're going to be renewed. We're going to spiritual perfect body. When we're going when, when to be perfect. David Plus said... 
Radical obedience to Christ is not easy. It is not comfort, not health, not wealth, and not prosperity in this world. Radical obedience to Christ risks losing all these things. But in the end, such risk finds its rewards in Christ. And He is more than enough for us. Please, church, stop having the Disney world mentality. Do you know what is the status between the world and Jesus? War. But sometimes we think we're here forever. And sometimes, amigos, we need to wake up. We need to raise the banner of Jesus Christ and say, Okay, I know I am an alien. I'm not here forever. I'm going to my eternal home where everything is perfect. So with, let's move on. Peter, let's go to verse 2, 1 and 2. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who are chosen. We as a Christians are chosen by God. How does it feel to know that you are special and loved? How does that make you feel? I hope that makes you feel someone special. You know what? One of the problems Satan is doing in our churches? He has a perfect plan for you, couple. To be destroyed. How is that happened? He will make feel one of you not very loved, accepted, and special. You know what is happening right now in our families? One of our family members will say, you have your favorite one. I'm not one of them. And that's exactly when Satan will start to divide your family. That's exactly what is happening in church. It's happening everywhere in your work site, everywhere. Election is often a controversial doctrine among the Christians. I'm so happy I have Daniel and Ethan to take away all of these doubts we have about, you know, how in the world we were elected by God. Am I a Calvinist? Are we Calvinists? Because are we, do we relate like the other guy, Arminius, or... What in the world we are? Listen, listen. If you don't get any good answer from them, come back to me, okay? All I know is this. I don't know why God picked me up. I don't know why I was chosen, elected by God. And being elected by God means I will be rejected by the world. Don't wait too much out of this world. Oh, everybody knows how great I am. No, they don't. That's the, the game of the world that will make you feel good. They will take something out of you. They will, praises, they will praise you for you to give them something. And sometimes the world will suck your energy, your love, your, 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 your everything what God has gave you. 
Peter wants to emphasize that we are aliens, not mainly because the world has rejected us, but because God has chosen us. Election should make us be more like a worshiping God. And I will say this again. I did that yesterday. I went to preach at First Baptist Church in Puebla City. It's a large, large church, maybe twice as, maybe three times bigger than this. Uh, the, the sanctuary is bigger, it's huge. It was not really full, maybe half, and I was preaching to him. Before I preached to him, the, the worship leader, you know, as a Hispanics, we do our best to encourage the people to worship God, and he was doing a lot of, a, you know, the old times, like a, uh, directing the hymns, like, like Daniel does sometimes. I love that. So he's trying to encourage the people to, to like, a, sing, sing, sing. I'll tell you what. A church who knows God should not be encouraged to worship God because a church who knows God, it should be a church who is worshiping God with all of the heart, all of our minds to the almighty God we have. Amen? So sometimes I feel like uh, <clears throat> something from my good friend Paul, like a Like, uh, sing harder, amigos. But knowing that I'm elected, that, makes, that, that would make me feel like uh, I need to worship my heavenly Father. Election should, should make me, should encourage me to evangelize. If not only, I'm not here only to say, oh, you are so beautiful, you're elected by God, you're chosen by God. It's to tell you there is a lot of different people in the world that they don't feel special, and we need to go out and tell them that. I was preaching the Word of God in several places in the northwest, northeast, part, northeast part of Mexico City. Every time we were going to preach in that place, we have to cross a, a bridge whose uh, waters were the black waters. You know, that smell, horrible smell. It was not a short um, uh, a bridge, it, it, it was like a 70 uh, feet long, and it was so disgusting to cross that bridge. When we, once you cross to that place, you will find a lot of uh, needy people in that place. I was preaching in the streets, and one of the guys stood up in front of me, and I was telling him, to all of them how special you are. God has great news for you and all of that. This little this young guy said to me, you don't know nothing about me. You don't know why you're going to say all of these things. I don't feel loved by God. And, and he was like a, having an argument with me. And I said to him, I don't know you. You're right, but God has a plan for you. And then he said, I was abused when I was little. I'm a gay. I'm a gay. Nobody likes me because I'm a gay. I said to him, I don't know you. You're doing crazy things all I know is this I'm here because God loves you he sent me here to tell you that you're loved as a church you need to know that the condition of the world is not better than ours we all are sinners even when we have accepted Jesus Christ the Holy Spirit is working inside of us to shape us as like Jesus Christ, don't expect any better from the world. It took a few months for this young guy to understand 
who he will be in Jesus Christ. And after he received Jesus Christ in his heart, he became a follower of Jesus Christ. Election should be, in a, a, should be making us more humble. Knowing that I'm elected by God, that, will, that right there will make me feel like, a, Jesus, thank you. I don't know what you look at. You look inside of my heart. I don't know what I have that you are so interested in, but thank you. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for, for, for giving me your salvation. So verse 2, let's jump to verse 2. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and to be sprinkled with His blood, May grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. Peter talks about how each person of the triune God is involved in our salvation. God the Father elects them, the Son dies for them, and sprinkles, sprinkles His blood over them, and the Holy Spirit sanctifies them to make them holy. This is what I call pure love. I went to the seminary. I got my bachelor's in theology. And after all these four years of theology, uh, Greek, uh, Hebrew, um, uh, I'll tell you, it's a lot of uh, education. When I stepped out of this place, when I went to plant the first church, all I was telling those people in the world were, God loves you, no matter what. I don't know if you agree, if you agree with me in this um, comment I'm going to make. The song we will listen over the radio, Reckless Love, it's kind of a, it has a creepy name, right? Reckless. But when you go through the, 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 the song, I'm amazed what this guy said. Basically, this guy tried to say, thank you for loving me. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you for being patient with me. And, and, and I want to say this. Real love will make you change. The perfect love of Jesus Christ in your heart will give you his identity. So his love, his perfect love is my identity. To be elected by God, that, that, that makes me feel like a, I am intimate with God. He is for me. He is with me. And he loves me. And when I see the words according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, I see that God will not give up on me because he hath elected me. And I need to understand that. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 and 5 says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blame, blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. And that makes me feel like... Uh, I am elected by God to be his intimate, to be with my father. 
The elect are sprinkled with Jesus Christ's blood. Since all the elected fall short of perfect sanctification and obedience, there is a cleansing from his sin providing, provided for them through the sprinkling of his blood of Jesus Christ. There were three circumstances in the Old Testament when blood was sprinkled on people. Number one, at the establishment of Sinai and Old Covenant, Exodus 24.5. At the ordination of Aaron and his sons, Exodus 29.21. At the purification ceremony for a cleansed leper, Leviticus 14.6. The sprinkling of the blood of Jesus on us accomplishes the same things. First, a covenant is formed. Then we are ordained as a priest to him. And finally, we are cleansed from our corruption and sin. Each of these is ours through the work of Jesus over the cross. This is amazing. What Peter is saying is the elect people the chosen people by the Father through the work of the Holy Spirit were called to be obedient in Christ. The elect, if we look at the, the final words of the verse 2, the elects are called to be abundant in grace and also in peace. Grace means unmerited favor. It is a favor over one's spiritual life, one's work, one's family, and everything the believer does. It is grace to find freedom from sin and addictions. Peace is not the absence of problems or conflict. It is the state of the heart of a believer who is walking with Christ. The believer has peace of mind even in the midst of the storm. This peace of heart and mind leads to peace in all relationships with God and man. I'm closing. And I'm, I want to tell you this. We the elected were chosen by God. We are strangers in this world. Our home is not in this earth. It's in heaven. We are different. We are scattered by God throughout the world to be a blessing to this world. We are intimate with God. We are sanctified by the Holy Spirit and to be holy and righteous in the world. We are set apart for obedience. We are sprinkled with, blood, with the blood of Jesus Christ. We are priests to serve God, to be purified from sin, and to participate in the new covenant. Yes, we all are recipients of God's abundance, grace, and peace. So I'm going to do something different than I did yesterday. I'm going to ask uh, Brother Paul to sing the song. I have requested a, a special song. I'm going to uh, wait until he finishes it up, and I will, I'm, I'm going to make a quick question to you. And that's how I'm going to be praying for you. This is a question I have for you. How does, how does it feel when you know you are special? Even when the one that loves you knows 
that you are weak and failure. Please remember, church, who you belong to. Please remember who we are in Christ. The one who chose you, the one who picked you up is the one who prized you. Don't let your failures and feelings determine the state of your citizenship. You belong to Jesus because you were elected by God, by His mercy, by His grace. And this is nothing related to your failures and feelings. Like Peter, you don't know what was in Peter's heart, what he was feeling when he denied Jesus Christ three different times, when his old nature betrays him. Sometimes we say things and sometimes we do things that will hurt the ones we love the most. I'm telling you, by experience, I'm one of them. Remember who we are. In the upcoming days, in the upcoming years, you have to remember, we're going to be suffering for the Lord. I don't know how many of you need some prayer. I don't know how many of you need a real powerful prayer where, because you have a, a, a Peter in your, in your family. Someone who is needing to be embraced by God, by His mercy, by His grace. But I'll be praying that God will help you and help the, help the ones that you love to understand that they are elected through the foreknowledge of God the Father. And that will be my closing prayer today. Father God, thank you, thank you, thank you for everything you have given us through your Son, Jesus Christ. I don't deserve it. When I was delighted in the world, sinning, living my life, you came to my life. You, you chose me to be your son. I don't understand it. But when I see your son, when I see your son's love, that's when I was knowing that, when, that I will be having a future. God, I'm lost without you. And I need you. Please hold me tight. Please help me to see that I'm special. There is some other people in my family, in my workplace, in this world. They don't feel special. They feel rejected. And some of them, they are struggling with those suicidal thoughts because they don't see a purpose in this life. So, Father, 
I'm praying for those who does not know that you are a perfect father. I pray, Father, that we could help them to understand that you love them and they are special into your eyes. Be with our church. Let us understand that our identity is not the color of our, our skin. The wealth we have is in Christ. Only in Christ. And I pray, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.